0: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local.
1: It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution.
2: Engaging.
3: Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist
4: live a mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church but to be able to go deeper within that teaching
3: good morning I'm Heather Carroll
4: and I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald
3: and you're lucky to have us as your host <laughs> this morning for Real Presence Live wow. they're lucky lucky let's lucky let's just get that out there right away <laughs> <laughs> we're broadcasting from Sioux Falls South Dakota sun is shining and it actually looks like spring
4: Sunny, springy Sioux Falls, South Dakota.
3: Ooh, I like Sassy. it.
4: Sassy. <laughs>
3: well, welcome. Thank you for joining in. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Um, before we get too far into our show, we shall start with a prayer. Great. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given the human race, Jesus Christ, our Savior, as a model of humility. He fulfilled your will by becoming man and giving his life on the cross. Help us to bear witness to you by following his example of suffering and make us worthy to share in his resurrection. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we have a huge show this morning.
4: Yeah, why don't we uh, let Gregory tell us a little bit you about it. You want Gregory to do it? Well, wh- why not? All right. <laughs> you don't, you don't, don't you, I, <laughs> I want to hear from Gregory because my... Yeah, well, no, I won't talk about that right now.
3: Gregory, good morning. Good morning, guys. Well, you tell us what's going on today.
5: I can. Uh, coming up this morning, do you know someone's searching for healing after going through an abortion experience? You're not alone. Jody Clemens will share her personal story of finding peace after having an abortion and to offer encouragement that there is hope and help available. And what can hands-on farm experience teach a young person about God? That's what we'll find out as we learn about a great opportunity for kids to get their hands in the dirt. And providing expanded opportunities for students as they prepare for the next level of of education is a major goal at Lords High School in Rochester. Hear how the administration, staff, and faculty are seeking to do this. Scott Nielsen, Director of Institutional Advancement for Rochester Catholic Schools, will share that answer.
6: All this and much more coming up this morning.
4: Oh, it sounds like a good morning. He said much more, so does that mean he only gave us a small part of what we're talking about? Yeah, he didn't mention Mm -hmm, everything. Just a little little sample. Just a a little tease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just a little tease from Gregory. From Gregory. (laughs) Yeah. I was going I meant to be Russian but came out more out of Scottish, I think. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's early. It's
3: early. All right. Well, Dr. Bergwald, it's I'm a, happy that you're here with me today. Yeah,
4: it's good to be here. It's been a while. Well, uh, it has been it's yeah. It's going to be a while.
3: I know, but I think you know I don't know. They just don't trust the two of us together. <laughs> I don't blame
4: them, to be honest. Just, just the way we started already with me doing my bad accents. I can see why. Yeah. Oh,
3: I'm glad you said it. I didn't say that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> how's your Lent going? I know we'll we'll have time to chat later, but every, uh, just real quick, how's your Lent? We're, we're over halfway.
3: It's going fast. Yeah. Which means that I'm not getting all that I need to get done. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. the halfway point, so there's still time.
4: Keep leaning on him. You know, I, I was uh, in a parish last night talking about how so often, um, especially with our Lenten resolutions, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, and yeah. the problem is that that one-letter word I, I. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Lean on Jesus. Amen. Amen.
3: Well, let's dive into our first guest. Great. She's in studio in Fargo, and we are thrilled <laughs> to have her on this morning. Uh, Jody Clemens is on with us. Good morning, Jody.
5: Good morning.
3: Uh, we'll be talking about your experience with abortion mm-hmm. and how to find healing. First, we uh, know the choice to keep or abort a child is very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. For you, what were some of the factors that went into your decision uh, for abortion?
5: Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to, to speak on this most sensitive topic today. and. um although it's a very important one. And I do want to say that it is so timely today that I am on there because today in the city where I am, in Fargo, our local abortion facility is open, and today about 20 to 25 women will walk in there, and their babies will die, and those women's lives will be forever changed. And also, you know, just with a movie on plan coming out, there are so many... Things that are happening with women who've had abortions coming forth. So, to really understand how these, how women like myself, can find hope and healing after an abortion is so important. You know, one in four women have undergone an abortion, and for many of these women, like myself, the pain, the sorrow, the guilt, the shame, and the secrecy, remain for years and years after her an abortion. So, to answer your your question, what are the factors that go into a woman's choice? you know, to move forward with an abortion. Um, first of all, I think we have to acknowledge that when a woman learns she's pregnant, in an unplanned pregnancy, she finds herself in a very vulnerable position. That's what I did. This was something that I had not planned for, I was not prepared for, I was single, I was a school teacher, and my thought was, you know, pregnancy happened to other people, but somehow this was never going to happen to me. But It did. And that's where the woman starts out. She's in a very vulnerable position. And oftentimes at that point, fear and shame just overwhelm her. In fact, many women at that point will keep the entire pregnancy and the abortion a secret, not wanting to bring shame or disgrace or embarrassment to her family as if in some skewed way she's trying to protect her family from what is going on in her life. For other women like myself, <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. So what I did, what I'd done in the past, is I asked people that I trusted, who I believed had my best interests at heart, what I should do. What do I do? And unfortunately, all those that I sought out advised abortion you know, I heard words like this, and I know in talking with other women, they do too. They hear, they hear things like this, like, oh no, you know, how could you ever let this happen? Or I heard words like, I'm so sorry. It's like we're giving them the worst news in the world, you know, like some terminal illness that will never get over. And when you aren't hearing words of death, scripture tells us that there's life and death in the words that we hear. And when you hear death, and the woman is offered no tangible help she looks at abortion as her only choice she starts thinking this way i have a problem and i need to get it fixed and we want our i we want our for me personally i wanted my life to return to normal and unfortunately because of what i was hearing i believe that abortion would do just that that my life would return to normal that's what i wanted that's what I was hearing. You can have a real life with a real future. And I was a girl, you know, had come out of college in my second year of teaching. Everyone wasn't telling me how much my, you know, my job was so important, and all these years you put in, and everything was towards the abortion. And I think just, you know, because of um, <laughs> the audience that we're speaking to, I think it's so important too that we recognize that we have an enemy. And his name is Satan, but he's also known as the father of lies. And I can tell you that my mind was a playground at this point for him. And it would be like I'd hear things like, abortion is so harmless, or abortion is so good for women, or no one will ever have to know, Um, just go have the abortion. You know, it's legal, therefore it's right. I mean, those are things that we hear all Lies, You know, and I I think for women who have an abortion that are in that vulnerable position, at least for me, in my mind at that time, I thought, well, I'm just going to go have this, you know, this procedure. And in some magical way, it's going to turn it back to a time that I was on pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, which could never, never happen. It was like a medical procedure in my mind, like, you know, going in to get my tonsils out or going in to have whatever medical procedure I needed. That's how I justified it. And unfortunately, for most women who walk into that abortion faci- facility, um, we have believed those lies. And that's what allows us or pushes us forward or does this it justifies us in moving forward to have our abortion. And unfortunately, Only after walking out of there do we discover that the worst now lies ahead of us.
4: So what were, um, so afterwards, what were were some of the experiences or things that you experienced rather after your abortion?
5: Oh my, that is such a load of, I mean, and it really is because women's, when you walk into this abortion facility you walk in one way and you walk out of an abortion facility and your life has changed forever. And I know I'm speaking for thousands and thousands of women who have, feel, you know, who have experienced the same thing I did. You know, I want to just start by saying that I, I'm a woman who remembers most vividly everything about the day of my abortion and the immediate aftermath of my, quote, free choice. Some women remember nothing. I'm not one of those women. I remember driving to the abortion facility. I remember sitting in the waiting room. I remember my name being called, the procedure room, the recovery room, leaving the facility. I remember everything, sights, sounds, and smells. But there were some significant events that I want to address that speak to the trauma that I underwent inside the abortion facility that affected me for 10 years outside the abortion facility. And the first is this. I had done everything that I could walking into that abortion facility to deny the humanity of my child. You know, I had shut down my mother's heart who was created to nourish and protect my child, and, um, and I went into that abortion facility. And I remember most vividly my name being called and walking back to the procedure room. And I remember most vividly once the procedure had started that I turned my head to the side and tears that I could not control just started flowing down my cheeks. And the reality of what I had worked so hard to deny became very, very clear. And I knew at that point, I knew in my heart that my baby was dying or now dead and that what I was doing at that point I could never, ever undo And at that moment, intense agony just set in. And I could not even contemplate at that point what I was doing or why I had done this. That was a moment of trauma. The next moment of trauma when I was taken to the recovery room and every woman after an abortion is taken to a recovery room and there's several other women in there. And I remember this, I mean, no one is talking, some women are crying. But what happened in that recovery room for me changed my life for years to follow. And it is this. As I was sitting in my recliner with tears flowing down my cheeks, I started to hear a message in my voice. That's how I described it. It It's like a message. It It was like a recording that just played the same words over and over and over again. It was nearly audible to me, and it was a message I could not shut off. And the message that I heard was this. You murdered, therefore you must die. You murdered, over and over and over again. You murdered, therefore you must die. And you know, I had been raised in the church, <laughs> and some scriptures that I had been taught back in those years when I was, you know, in the church, um, were like an eye for an eye, a, a tooth for a tooth, or a life for a life. Now this is how oh, Satan just, you know, just how he even uses scriptures and twists them. You know, what you sowed, you will reap. And I knew at that time that what I had sown was death. And I kept hearing the message, you murdered, therefore you must die. And I can tell you at that moment, there was an overwhelming fear that, I mean, physically, emotionally, and spiritually just overtook me, and I did not know what to do. But I'll tell you what I did do. I bundled up that thought, those horrifying thoughts, and I buried them deep within my soul. And it was like I put up a barrier that said, this is off limits. I will never talk about this. It was like I made a vow to myself that I would never talk about this, and no one would ever, ever know about this. And I can tell you, in silence and secrecy, I then suffered for 10 years, isolated and alone, even when doing, went into a marriage, did not tell my husband that I had done this. But these are all tools of the enemy to keep us in that place of a self-made prison where secrecy and silence rule us and reign over us. And this is true of so many women that I've talked to that we go into a very, very dark place. You know, the father of lies now became the accuser. He just accused, you know, what he once whispered in our heads and in our thought process that it was harmless. Let me tell you, my friends, he now shouted in a very loud voice, this is hopeless. I am hopeless. I was without hope. And I think there was a whole of fear that happens to women at this point because there is so much self-hatred and there was so many... um, self-abusive activities that women enter into. But this is how we, what we move to next is this, is honestly that if we're feeling this bad about ourselves and we know full well what we've done, that surely, if there is a God in heaven at that point, he must feel way, way, way worse about what we have done. And we honestly move to a point that we feel that what we have done is so bad and so a what woman would ever, ever take the life of her own child? Mm. This, is un- this is unthinkable in our minds at that point. So if it's unthinkable in our mind, and we have no way of grasping how to be healed, surely God must feel way worse, and that he will never forgive us. And that's where many woman, m- women move into self-destructive behavior.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Because we know at that point, this is what we know, my friends, is that an innocent person has died, and that is our child. And the guilty, the offender... See, my child had done nothing. (laughs) My child had no mode of self-defense. My child had done nothing to me, nothing to anyone. And yet my innocent child had died. And yet the offender, the woman, because of Roe... When you think about this, Roe thought they were doing something good for women. Roe said, women, you can go in and take the life of your child... But we're going to let you walk free.
3: Well, and Jody, we've got oh, only just a minute left. Oh, I, no. I think we could probably talk about this can, for a long yeah. time. Exactly. This is powerful. This is extremely powerful, but I want you to tell people about an event that's coming up okay. if they want to hear more.
5: I want to talk about Minot Dakota Hope Clinic because these people are phenomenal, and they are bringing in seven of us women who have had wow. abortions. We're called the Pals, and God called us over 11 years ago to come together as a group of women who would go out and educate people on the aftermath of abortion in a woman's life. We will be speaking twice on April 24th in Minot. In Minot I encourage you to come there's an event at 11:30 and there's an event at 6 at night. And if you want more information on this I encourage you to go to dakotahope.org dakotahope.org or call dakotahope at 701 528 4675. And well, this is where you're going to learn how women are healed amen. after an abortion where we have reconciliation with God and our guilt and our grief is gone.
3: And there's hope. Thank there's you so hope. much Jody for joining us thank, this morning. Well, thank you. Thank you Jody. for having me. It was
4: great to have you. Thank you.
3: Yes. Okay, well coming up next, do you have a question about your faith or anything about the world around us? Get those questions ready for our Straight Talk segment and later hear how you can get your kids involved with God's creation. All this and more right here on Real Presence Live.
2: Stay with us.
3: There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Hi, this is Brett Beiler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Beiler, at 605-670-8333.
3: Rochester Catholic Schools welcomes you to an all-new Hearts of Gold, Friday, April 26th, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the brand-new Hilton in downtown Rochester. The event's theme is Cirque in the City, and there will be a cocktail party atmosphere with cuisine available at several unique food stations, plus a VIP hour at 5.30. Individual tickets and host table options are available by visiting RCS 4700 or online at homeishere.org.
7: You've got Real Presence Radio right now. If you're listening to it, you're probably sitting back saying, huh, Real Presence Radio is a huge part of the driving culture of promoting Catholicism. And it is. I mean, how many commercials have you heard from previous interviews, especially people calling into this network saying, you know, you have changed my life. I was driving. I travel a lot. You know, I, I was laid up. For whatever reason, I'm, you know, I was at home. I was listening to that particular program or or that teaching, and it totally changed my life. So it's not just happenstance that this is working the way that it does. The Holy Spirit can connect with people on a multiple or multiple different levels, and the radio network is one. And the Spirit's telling you, you know what? Be a part of this mission. Help me save souls. Keep, uh, you know, RPR on on the live network so people uh, have this beautiful ministry available.
1: This is Cindy Detterman from St. Joseph's in Brooks. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio.
6: You're listening to the
4: RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live.
3: Good morning. I'm Heather Carroll.
4: I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald.
3: Thank you for joining us this morning. We're broadcasting to
0: While I'm listening to the radio, and when I go into work, it'd, it'd be like, okay, what are they going to say about the Yankees today? <laughs> so, and I got tired of it, and then I switched it to Real Presence Radio, to, to Catholic Radio. I mm-hmm. call it. I got sick and tired of all the all the same old, same old that I yeah, would hear, right. and, that, and that you're going to hear. And then I said, well, well, Scott, you know, listen to something that's going to do something for your faith. And so I did, and uh, quite frankly, any time you break a habit and start a new one, you have to force yourself to do it. But what made it so very easy was the fact that what I was listening to initially was something that involved prayer.
3: I love the programs on Real Presence Radio. I especially enjoy Mother Angelica, Dr. Ray, and Catholic Answers Live. Listening to these programs has given me a deeper understanding and appreciation of our Catholic faith.
0: It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popchuk. People like to bash the faithful with
4: statistics. For instance, you've probably heard that studies show that Christians divorce at the same rate as others. Or how about the report that claims that Christians are bad tippers? Well,
6: according to the University of Connecticut sociologist Bradley Wright, statements like these simply don't apply to people who actually practice their faith. For instance, only 25% of
0: weekly church-going Catholics are divorced compared to 50% of the general population. As for tipping,
6: a Cornell University study found that church-going Christians tip an average of 17%. Obviously, Christians aren't perfect, but practicing our faith really does give us the grace
0: we need to stand up against the pressures the world can apply. So the next time someone tries to bash your faith with research, take it with a grain of salt. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. 60 Seconds
2: with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Peace be to you. Now there actually is such a thing in the world as authoritarianism. It is communism. What is the essence of authoritarianism? Well, I would say it was threefold. First, it subjects the mind to dogmas. Two, it makes fear the basis of obedience. Three, it destroys freedom of thought. Now the church has none of these qualities. It could not have them. Because remember that our blessed Lord lived in the midst of authoritarianism. The people among whom he moved were under the power of the Romans. Furthermore, all of the Pharisees were authoritarian. So when therefore our blessed Lord founded his church, naturally he made it a bulwark against all forms of authoritarianism. The people
4: you know and trust are on EWTN.
6: Dr. Ray Garendi. When I've had enough.
2: I ask parents, when do you decide to discipline? One of the most common answers is, when I've had enough. If discipline is designed to teach, then we need to discipline before we've had enough. We need to discipline because the behavior's wrong, not because emotionally it's pushed us to our edge. Besides, when you get to when you've had enough, you're much more likely to yell and scream and say things that you have to go to confession for. So, the suggestion is discipline out of principle, not emotion. Principle means because it needs discipline and I'm gonna do it when I'm calm. Emotion means I'm gonna be moved to do it just cause I'm mad.
3: 60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope.
0: The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The disclosure of a name in the ancient world belonged to the order of trust and intimacy, and so when God revealed his name to Moses, it was an extraordinary outreach to us, uh, saying uh, that we were called to an intimate trusting relationship with him. And so we should always reverence this name as a great, great gift. We should obviously never use God's name to curse or to blaspheme or to berate others. That's wholly inappropriate. God God's name is meant to bring blessing. And likewise, the vain use, vain means empty. And uh, so some of these expressions like, oh my God, or, you know, and so on, uh, need to be avoided as well. Vain means empty. And those are using God's name as an empty kind of expression of exasperation. And then finally, never ever to use God's name to swear an oath falsely. The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain.
6: EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic typical morning is as I leave between 6 and 6.30 and I get home um, between 6 and 7 in the evening and so when you're on the road that much, Catholic Radio is my constant companion and I would be lost without it. I really hope that a lot of you are listening to this and you feel the same way. That uh, what if it was gone? What if it wasn't here? What if we didn't have it? Where would we be? One of the inspiring things that came to me from Catholic Radio was uh, when the hurricane hit Houston and uh, they were talking about the manager of the station in Houston, how he had to be evacuated from his home. But he said the whole time of the hurricane, the radio station never went off the air. Mm. And so you got these people here that are dealing with a natural disaster, and they still have this Catholic radio that can bring them the solace, the peace, the confidence that God is with them, and they'll make it through it. You know, these people in Houston that were being devastated by the storm, they had Catholic radio that they could rely on.
0: Real Presence Radio is something that I've listened to for several years and unfortunately recently I've changed jobs in the last year or so. I'm not able to listen as often as I would like now. And I miss it dearly. I wish I could spend more time listening to it, but I keep trying and listen when I can. But I, I just wanna say that uh, Real Presence Radio has really been a blessing for me. I really appreciate the fact that it's authentic Catholic radio. I appreciate the fact that when I'm listening to it, I'm hearing the gospel, the truth of the gospel in a, from a real Catholic perspective. And the other thing that I appreciate is that it's the truth and I can trust it and I can repeat it. And as a deacon, that's very important that what I'm saying to other people is the truth. And I have the confidence in what I hear on on Real Presence Radio that it is indeed the truth and the truth of the gospel. So I really do appreciate that.
3: I'm Heather Carroll.
4: I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And
3: we're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us this fine morning as we're broadcasting to you live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We have a a, a giveaway, Dr. Bergwald. Yes, we do. Uh, We have a couple books to give away to the first two callers. Uh, The first book that we're giving away is called Unplanned. The Dramatic True Story of a Former Planned Parenthood Leader. Um, You can win that book. Uh, The second book is The Walls Are Talking, which is about a former abortion clinic worker, and they tell their story. So first two callers, 877-795-0122, will receive one of the books, 877 Seven nine five zero one two two. Have you made it out to see unplanned? Not yet.
4: Um, uh, my wife and I are planning on doing it, but we haven't yet. I've been running all around the diocese of Sioux Falls, giving talks this week. So, well, Lent's well, a big I'm season for driving, you. not running. You don't run? No. Uh, well, <laughs> not unless I have to.
3: <laughs> not unless yeah. Me either. If I'm running, something's wrong. You know, I'm being chased by someone or something. So. That's just how you kinda gotta look at that. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. That noise, folks, that you heard is the signal that it is straight talk. It is our segment where you can call in with any questions you might have on the Faith or any current events going on around the area. The number is 877-795-0122. Again eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can submit any questions you might have on Facebook. So we have joined with us this morning. His wiseness
4: Oh my gosh.
3: Wiseness wise, wiser, wise men. Uh, um, We're going to say what's the word? A father. Okay, Father Stephen Jones. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Father. Thanks
3: for coming up this morning. <laughs>
2: Because
4: uh, w-
3: you're down in Vermilion.
2: yeah, at, at uh, the USD Newman Center.
3: Very good. And so, I,
2: yeah, I've been there since uh, since July of uh, last year, and so we're yeah, we're just finishing up our first academic year, and uh, it's been a beautiful experience, and uh, I've got a lot to learn. Oh you know, boy, do you I kn- ever!
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, I know. Doctor Bergwald finds that hard to believe. Father Jones, I was just in your old
4: stopping grounds, your last assignment, uh, Tabor in Lesterville in South Dakota, down near Yankton. I was in Tabor last night with those fine people.
2: Oh, marvelous. They
4: in- you, remember you fondly.
3: Did you get any kolaches?
4: No. No. Nope. I didn't have time
2: for any kolaches. Oh. It's Lent anyway. I can't have kolaches in Lent.
3: Oh, is there a rule about that? Well,
2: I, for me, there is. <laughs> and... And how are they doing in Tabor? You know, I saw that they had quite a bit of flooding. Uh, 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 yeah,
4: they, yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing okay. I mean, the, the farms are, the farmers are struggling. I mean, many of them didn't get, um, they're harv- finished getting the harvesting last fall. And mm-hmm. so that's, the anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's Got to pray for the people, a lot of people experiencing flooding. Nebraska, of course. Um, yeah. Especially hard hit, but all over. South Dakota, Iowa, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: well, folks, this is Straight Talk. This is your segment where you can call in and ask any questions you might have for Dr. Bergwald or Dr. Dr. Father. <laughs> Don't, no. Father no, Dr. Jones. No, no, he's not Father
4: Dr. <laughs> he is not. He's Father. He's Father. Father oh, Jones. Th- th-
3: <laughs> it could be on anything, and it could be the most simple question. Give us a call, 877 Again, 877 and you can submit any questions you might have on Facebook.
4: Father, before uh, mm-hmm. in the first thing of the show today, we had uh, a woman on, Jody Clemens, who's, um, uh, she's had, I think, one abortion, and she was, her experience, and there's an event coming up in Minot um, for folks, and we talked a little bit about the movie Unplanned. Have you seen it yet, by chance?
2: I have not seen it. I've heard uh, about it, but uh, yeah, it, haven't had the opportunity.
4: It... Um, it, it, it opened really strongly, uh, number five, over the over the weekend in terms of the box office. Um, so getting a good response, even though some of its social media outlets, um, its Twitter account Forever was mysteriously frozen on Oh, Saturday. really? Oh, yeah, mysteriously. Mysterious. So, yeah. Yeah. so anyway, yeah, it's, um, it, it sounds like it's doing well at the box office.
3: Well, here's my question, because this kind of ties into the Lenten season and the movie Unplanned. Um, I almost want to go and buy a ticket or 12 tickets to Unplanned, but I don't want to go see the movie. Right. So I struggle with that because I'm a very sensitive person. And so I saw The Passion of Christ Mm. once and I watched it and bawled the whole time. I don't think I can see it again. I don't think I need to see it again. But when it's really hard things like that, that you're already on board, you're already against abortion... Is it bad of me to not want to see that movie?
2: Well, I don't think so. I think uh, you need to allow the Lord to work through um, your spirit. So what's what's God calling me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so at the heart of the uh, Catholic Christian life is I'm, I am in relationship with the Lord and letting him guide me. And so I think it would be in the case of, of that desire or, or lack of desire to see the movie, even though you're supportive, it would be great to just have a conversation with the Lord about that. Lord, what, What's the meaning of this? Uh, do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. Um, here's how I feel about it. So this this is how we always get closer to the Lord is we just be honest with him
7: mm-hmm.
2: in conversation. And, um, you know, there's sort of... A kind of a, the brutal honesty, uh, the best conversations that we can have with the Lord are really when we don't tell him what we th- yeah. we think he wants to hear, yeah. but what, what we're really thinking. Yeah. And this is how we grow, and this is how he can really speak th- through us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I, I do think Heather,
4: though, I mean, I you think I should go tree. buy 12 tickets and I, then just I, not go? I think go. it's good to support it, but I don't think there's anything worth not, not going. I mean, we we I don't we don't need to. There's no obligation right. formally to see the movie, but I, I think want, we should support it.
3: Absolutely, because I want the world to see that this is an important issue yep. Yep. and that we're not forgetting it. Yep. So maybe yep. I'll go buy 12 tickets to show my support and then not go. Or maybe... Yeah. Hand them out to people that might be going to other movies there we go there we go. There we go. evangelization it All looks
4: right. by the way, like we were able to give away the two books already
3: I know one went uh, unplanned went to Andrea from Belle Fouche. and the other the walls are talking went to Kirk from Jamestown. Well,
4: congratulations, guys for calling in. Thank you Those
3: sound like great books, so well, this is also the segment here where it 's straight talk uh, we 're with Father Stephen Jones this morning. Dr. Bergwald is here. I am just uh coordinating the thing. I don't answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should
4: yeah, turn the tables and ask her questions. Yeah, Father, whatever. What you think?
3: So the phone number <laughs> <That's> is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Again eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or submit any questions you might have on Facebook. We'd be happy to answer them.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for a good question to come in so that I can uh use that to confront uh, Dr. Bergwald about his pride so I'm just waiting for that that opportunity (laughs) you know I, I, I just there's the
4: prayer that I pray every day Lord it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way
3: Oh, boy. I need to song (laughs) go.
4: I don't know that. (laughs) Hank Williams Sr., I think. I I, I won't start singing on there. It's probably...
3: Yeah, you've already done a bad bad uh, (laughs) Scottish accent this morning. (laughs) We don't need singing, too. So those of you who haven't figured it out, Father uh, Stephen Jones has a very dry sense of humor.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's so dry. (laughs) If I touched
2: him, I'd stick like my tongue on a cold pipe in winter. (laughs) Well, in fact, wh- when, when I was in seminary, one of the uh, formators, I made a dry joke during a homily, and he looks at me and goes, don't do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some so people love it. <laughs>
2: yeah. So sometimes that stops me, but... <laughs> Rarely, you know.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, how,
2: how,
4: how's your Lent going, Father?
2: Uh, Lent has been absolutely fantastic. Um, in fact, uh, being... At the Newman Center, uh, the spiritual growth has been tremendous. Uh, Yours y- or the students? Well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully both. <laughs> the only one I can directly uh, attest to is my own spiritual growth, and uh, and so what you know when we're teaching uh, and we're trying to draw other people into the spiritual life, it's really based the, the whole engine is what's the Lord doing with me what's the Lord doing with me? And so what's happened to me, which has been really surprising to me is uh, this movement towards fasting. And I've never been into fasting uh, very much, but it, uh, this uh, Lent, the Lord's really uh, moved me to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, I'm at the Newman Center with uh, Dr. Adrian and uh, Dr. Mark Adderley, and they've also been drawn into it. And so we've been, we've been fasting together and trying to encourage the students to fast. <clears throat> and uh this has really been uh a great part of our church tradition which has largely been lost, I mm-hmm. think, the the spirituality of fasting. So I happened to bring this book by Father Charles Murphy.
4: <coughs> so Father, hmm? it's a radio show, so they can't see the book that you're holding in your hand right now? <laughs> oh boy.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you. I
3: think he got it at the mustard seed. <laughs> did, you, did you really? <laughs> yes. I did not.
2: I, I did not. Even though oh I love the mustard seed, and I have been there uh, <laughs> frequently. So, uh, No,
4: what's uh, the book? Sorry, I'm joking. Go ahead.
2: The Spirituality of Fasting by Monsignor Charles Murphy, who is the former rector at the North American Seminary mm. in Rome, where, uh, if uh, folks don't know, this is where many of the priests for uh, North America are trained, formed, and so he, it's fascinating book because he goes through the whole history in uh, spiritual tradition about fasting, and which we don't really hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear th- about the need for fast, and of course, we 're required to do it only two days uh, currently, uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. but we don't hear about why and what's it supposed to do and, and so forth. so I've noticed within myself uh, over the years that something happened to me spiritually on those two fast days that was drawing me to Christ in a way that was really quite remarkable. And um, Hmm. so when I I was interested in this book, and he goes through the whole uh, Judeo-Christian tradition about fasting. And, you know, of course, we know in the Old Testament, whenever um, uh, there was a difficulty... Uh, whenever people had fallen away from God, they would call the fast. Mm. And yeah. So this
3: um, isn't just a Lenten thing. Right. No, this isn't
2: just a Lenten right. thing, but that's it's part of our tradition, of course, as the you know, in the spirit of conversion, uh, mm. to do that. Yeah. Right. Right.
3: Well, it looks like we have our first caller on the phone, Father. Uh, we have Kathy from Fargo. Good morning, Kathy.
2: Hi, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good,
3: good morning.
1: Good morning.
3: And what's your question, question for us this
2: morning?
1: it is in regard to eucharistic adoration okay are Mm -hmm. we praying only to jesus the second person of the trinity or are we praying to god you know father son and spirit in one or is it a combination and do we direct our prayers To Almighty God or to Jesus? That
2: would be my question. Sure. Well, I'll I'll take a crack at it. Um, So uh, yeah, we're talking first of all to Jesus because uh, Mm -hmm. this is his body and blood. He's truly present, body, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Mm -hmm. So we're having a conversation with Jesus. Uh, However, uh, it's important to remember that, of course, Jesus is God. Jesus is Jesus is God, and so whenever God is right. present, being that he's um, one God, the Holy Spirit is also present and and the Father is also present. So uh, my personal practice is to have a have a conversation with Jesus there, but then also to bring in the Father as my heart is moved. So it's perfectly legitimate if I want to talk to the Father in the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. to do that in the Holy Spirit as well.
4: Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question, Kathy, that I, that I also have have thought about from time to time. The way that um, the way that I think of uh, the thing that's helpful for me to kind of wrap my mind around this is it'd be, it's the same as when Jesus was walking the earth and the apostles were with him, they were having a conversation with him when they talked with him, they were talking with the second person of the Trinity, and yet he would say, for instance, to Philip in John's gospel, uh, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So we are in Eucharistic adoration, we are, we're, we're we're literally with Jesus, body, blood, soul, and, divinity, and And yet, where the second person is, so are the first and the third. Um, So just to echo what Father Jones just said, there's certainly a way in which um, all three are present, even though it is the second person who particularly is in the Eucharist.
2: Mm -hmm. And to me, it's important in relationship to allow yourself to uh, just sort of enter into that, that is... There's sometimes when we really want to talk to the Father, that is, uh, Father, provide for me. Mm. Uh, father, I need you. Uh, Here's all the difficulties that I'm having. And so our heart is drawn to the Father in that sort of dependent relationship. There's other times when it's like, well, the Lord, uh, as, as a human being, uh, who's also God, has, has a particular way where he understands our struggles, he understands our difficulties, he understands our sufferings. Right. Well, Jesus is bringing the cross, and the and right in the midst of our suffering mm, is where we uh, can really relate to Jesus, and he can relate to us, uh, as well as bringing that to the Father. Amen. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, does that help, Kathy?
1: Very much so, yes. It's, that's almost the way it seems to work for me in eucharistic adoration i start out speaking to jesus and so forth and then my mind kind of wanders to the father and and then you know holy spirit you know give me an open heart or something like that and so yeah i my focus kind of changes throughout my prayers but um more so I start trying to have, as you said, the conversation or talking to Jesus. So, very good. That's, that's wonderful. Thank
3: you. All right. Great.
2: Thanks yeah, for God your you. call, Kathy. You, Kat, thank you,
3: Kathy. Very good question.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think, like, as I told Kathy, Father, it's a question that um, I, I wondered from time to time. Like, if, if, if there's one God, but this is the second person, the Trinity, like, when I'm in adoration or when I receive Holy Communion people have asked before I wonder before am I receiving all three um, yeah or or just the second et cetera et cetera so I thought it was a, a great question
7: mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. it's it fantastic you know in, 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 the, in the church's tradition sometimes we'll hear people you know when they're talking about the Trinity they'll say you know this person has a specific role uh, but it's, and, and that's true, so we say, well, Jesus is the Redeemer of the world, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that there's a certain way that that also, is, yep. uh, how do I, what's the word? That's, w- w- when one person of the Trinity is there, then the other persons are there as well. Yes, yeah. And so we, we sort of
4: attribute um, certain, uh, like we, we attribute creation to the Father, we attribute redemption to the Son, we attribute uh, sanctification you, yep. to the Spirit, but in fact, uh, all three are at work in all, all forms or all of those actions.
3: Okay. Well, time for our next listener question. It's Mary from Northern North Dakota. She is not on the phone, but submitted a question. Great. She said that she saw the movie Unplanned and also has a highly sensitive spirit. She was discouraged to hear the host say that it is okay to stay home if you are sensitive. It's such an important, hard-hitting topic, and I believe everyone should go see it. It's okay to close your eyes during the hard parts if need be, but it's not a reason to avoid it or trivialize it.
4: Yeah, thanks, Mary, for for that call and comment. I I think it's Heather... uh feel free to correct me, but I think speaking for both of us, certainly we're trying to trivialize the movie um, or the issue, uh, neither the movie nor the issue. Um, Just speaking to the reality that you expressed Mm -hmm. for yourself, um, the difficulty of of watching that. I think this is a hard one because uh, like Mary, I think um, we definitely want to support movies um, or anything that's trying to get the truth about abortion out there uh-huh. uh, and this movie is doing a fantastic job of it um, but I think this th- there is that question of father what do you think I mean is, th- is this is, is there room for good serious faithful Catholics to disagree on a topic of seeing a movie
2: like this well in my opinion yes because you have to allow the wor- Lord to work through your spirit because everybody's in a different place and so th- the faith, I- that when when I'm in relationship with God, there's tremendous freedom. So there's never a sense of, like, uh, you know, everybody uh, has to behave this way on something that's not a matter of... M- of, mo- of faith and morals. Yeah, faith and morals. So obviously everybody <coughs> has to attend Sunday Mass because this is Lord's command. Mm-hmm. But he didn't command that everybody at, uh, watch this movie. But what he does... Com- command us is I want you to know me in faith and when you know me and and you're listening and engage with me then I will lead you to do in your life uh, what what uh, will bring life to the world so my presence in you demands uh, an engagement (coughs) and so yeah it's great to ask the question should I go to this movie Lord what what is your will for me and how can uh, you work through my, if I'm having difficulty, please work through that. Right. Um, that could be different things for different people.
3: Well, and I think it depends on the, the person, too, um, because I don't believe in lukewarm. You know, I absolutely don't believe in lukewarm. You'll find me standing on the side of the street praying in front of the abortion clinic. I am not one that wants to stick their head in the sand and pretend that the problem doesn't exist. Right, right. In high school, um, they showed us a video. I went to a Catholic high school, and they showed us an actual video, and we had to get our parents' permission, and I said, yeah. Silent uh, Scream? It was
4: was it silent scream? an actual abortion? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead.
3: And so we watched uh, an actual abortion being performed, oh. and I remember getting up in the middle of that, just, just terrified. And it, I don't need any more. Yeah. yeah, I'm convinced. I am. Right. I am on fire. I am convinced. But yep. um, I want to support the movie. Absolutely right. want to support the movie. Yep. But I already am on fire.
4: Right. Yeah. And we are back to, Father, your point about what we're called. So we're called to be pro-life. I mean, we're called to stand up for the rights and dignity Mm -hmm. of every human person, including the unborn. And I don't think there's anybody from um, uh, anybody who doesn't know the Catholic Church's position on abortion. And Jody, again, in the first segment, had spoken powerfully to the reality of what abortion has done to her, and to many, 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 many other thousands of women um, that she knows from her own personal experience.
2: It's a very poignant thing, uh, very profound. I saw there's a uh, group that goes on campus. I think it might be Project Veritas, or maybe it was another group, but you can watch on YouTube. And they went on campus and talked to people about pro-life, you know, do you support abortion or not? And then they showed people an abortion the reality, of it. the reality of it and and most people change their mind mm-hmm. even those mm-hmm. who, who are <coughs> sort of radically on the other side so it's very powerful and for the heart you know I mean this is not something we want to take lightly yeah. no yeah. yes Yep. Yeah.
3: No. well thank you Mary for uh, submitting your comment and yep. I totally understand where you're coming from yep so thank you. And as
4: we said, I th- again, I think l- your point was you want to buy 12 tickets and support the movie. It's just whether or, not, <laughs> whether or not you can go see it personally. So,
3: Well, maybe I'll buy 12 tickets and give them to people who
4: should go see them. Right. There we go. Who
3: are who are lukewarm.
4: There we go.
2: <laughs> Is that you, Father Jones? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm. Uh, no, I'm... Uh, <clears throat> The crazy one for Jesus might, might be closer. M- closer to <laughs> <laughs> yep.
4: How long have you been ordained now, by the way?
2: Uh, it's um, s- seven years. It'll no be seven way. Years in, yeah, oh. seven years in uh, June June
3: 29th. Wow. Well, yeah. I think we have another uh, question on the line. I'm not sure. It says that Linda's on the line from Sioux Falls. Are you there, Linda? Not yet. Okay. Well, I was getting excited.
4: It's not green yet, Heather. I
3: know, but you know, give her a call.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Get on the phone, Linda.
3: <clears throat> all right. So, how's your Lent going?
4: My Lent is uh, all in all going pretty well, but that's because I alluded to this earlier, uh, just mm-hmm. before the segment. Um, I've been trying to be more intentional this year about. It's not so much about what I'm doing, I, 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 but it's I'm about what he's doing through me. So. <laughs> thank you, Father. <laughs> <laughs> now I do think we have a call from Linda.
3: <laughs> oh, just in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank
4: you, Jesus. Thank you, Linda.
3: <laughs> we,
7: um, <laughs> Go ahead, we have Linda. lots What's your of questions? questions
3: with people.
7: Yes. Um,
3: people come in, to come in and want to buy holy water fonts, and... There's been big discussion on whether uh, we are allowed to bless with holy water, and we know that a priest is the one who blesses, and we want, could you discuss a little bit what a blessing would be if you're blessing with holy water, what it, what it really is? It's not like a priest blessing, but what it is, because we've, it's hard to explain and we aren't, we aren't doing very good at it, so we would like a little, a little help.
4: Um, hopefully between Father Jones and myself, although we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here with the two of us. <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 no. So um, I, I, I have five kids, and actually this is just very timely because just the other day um, uh, we, we do have a couple of holy water bottles. We don't have the font, but we have a couple holy water bottles at home, and they've, they've run empty. Um, so I had the, uh, a couple of our kids run up to our parish. We live right near our parish and fill them up um, because it, it is a habit of mine, a practice of mine, um at when we do prayer our family does prayer my wife and I and our five kids um, after prayer in the evening then I'll take a little bit of holy water um and just with my finger make make a sign of the cross on the forehead of Beautiful. each member of my family um and I just you know outsider to myself i'll say um God bless you father son and Holy Spirit something like that now they my kids know surprise surprise my kids <laughs> know there's a difference between the blessing that I as a layman, a baptized Catholic, uh, the blessing that I can give that way and the blessing that somebody like the man sitting next to me in the studio can give, Father Jones, as an ordained priest or an ordained a deacon for that matter. So the or, the ordained there is, and I'm going to let speaker, father, father speak to this, um, there is a difference in the blessing that they give, not in terms of the word, but for lack of a better word right now, the power um, but in terms of what I actually do, there's not a right or wrong way, I don't think. Linda, that's what I said. God bless you, Father, mm. in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But Father, you want to chime in?
2: Yeah, uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, the um, Well, one thing, in the church, there's a tradition that uh, uh, you can bless those you have authority over. Mm. And so for a parent, for example, to bless their child is appropriate good Uh, the church invites that furthermore when you give the blessing with holy water the holy water's already been blessed by the priest so what you're giving there is a blessing that that contains um you know in a sense the blessing for the ministerial priesthood as well as the baptismal priesthood so all uh baptized christians have a share in Christ's priesthood, what we call the baptismal priesthood. And so it's through that that you're able to legi- legitimately bless those who have, um, that you have authority over. So I can bless you is what you're telling me. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> My goodness, how do I respond he's, to that? He's going to start walking in, around
3: the building in, with uh, Holy Water, in, Father. In,
2: in humility and charity, yeah. Father, as you always yeah. do. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. So Thank yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I have no authority over you whatsoever.
3: Does that answer your question, Linda? Yes, wonderful, very good answer. Thank you. Great,
4: Thank Thank you. You. thanks much for Linda. calling in. Um, bye bye. Thanks, Linda. Uh, I don't. I don't think that they're going to ever have me on with you again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't behave this
2: way towards any of the other priests. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. I, I don't know what it is that you bring out with me, Father Jones, but well, yeah, it's, it's something. It's, it's, it, the, Lord's, <laughs> the Lord's working in there somewhere, and it's just uh, he just sent me here. It's my job to convert you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> oh, boy. So you were talking about Lent.
4: Oh, uh, yes, the uh, Lord. I, 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 I. I, I, I. So, so truthfully, um, I've tried to make a concert in, in years past. I have made these Lenten resolutions, and I have set out to keep them and um, this year, I am trying <laughs> to lean on him more um, i make made uh, a conscious effort th- at the beginning to th- th- i more and more i 'm just aware of what Jesus said apart from me, you can do nothing
2: uh, fantastic in fact I, this is so good because i 've been talking to a lot to uh our students. About living as Grace Man. Living as Grace Man, not Cowboy Man. So we're all caught in the United States to live as Cowboy Man, which is I can do it myself. Ah. Okay. Grace I'm Man. man cowboy who's man? Cowboy Man? Yeah. <laughs> Grace Man is I'm depending on the Lord and who can do all things. So just like Jesus, I can do nothing without my Father. Mm. And this is where mm. the real power comes. Um, yeah. Hmm? Okay. So the real. The real uh, productivity, the spiritual productivity of fruitfulness. Lent, fruitfulness. Thank you, is to uh, uh, Jesus work through me, Father. Here is where I have tremendous challenges, difficulties. Here is where I am struggling with my spiritual life. Here is where I desire to know You more, and do it for me, uh, Father. Do it for me, Jesus. Uh, send Your Holy Spirit and draw me to the Father during Holy Lent. All right. Thank they you, mid. Father
3: Jones, for being on with oh, us. God bless you. Thanks, Father. Thank you. Yeah. All right, thanks to all those that called in or wrote in with your questions. Reminder, this segment is on, 930 Central, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Up next, you will not want to miss the story of a bishop who found the Catholic Church in the most unexpected way, and later in the show, hear how young people can experience faith and farming. We'll be right back on Real Presence Live. Stay right here.